0: And on Thursday of this week, you were there when the Bears Media Corps awarded the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. It goes annually to a Bears player. I'll let you describe, number one, what qualifies a Bears player for such an award, and number two, why it was named the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award after our dear friend who passed away. It's hard to believe, Dan, but it's been two years since J.D. uh, passed away in, in 2021.
1: Yeah, to the the latter end. I mean, just truly awful to still fathom what happened to Jeff after he also lost his wife to a battle with cancer. And December 28th is the anniversary of Jeff's passing. And so uh, for the last two years, since we renamed the Good Guy Award, the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award, we've been handing that award out on the anniversary of Jeff's death with his parents in attendance. So it added to the emotion, David, Thursday at House Hall when we awarded this year's winner, Eddie Jackson. Now, I'm trying to dig through to find my list so I can give you the, the, the list of previous winners, just so you have a a, a snapshot of, of the guys that have been on this list. And, and essentially, this is the Chicago chapter of the Pro Football Writers Association coming together annually to... Um, single out and honor. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a player. It can be a coach. It can be someone within the organization that has been uh, professional, courteous, interested in helping the media in a way that is productive. And, and so we've had a good list. So it, 2013 is when I started on the beat. Here are the winners since I've been on the beat. Josh McCown, Matt Slauson, Ryan Mundy, Tracy Porter, Zach Miller, Prince of Mukamara. Allen Robinson, Mitch Trubisky, joint winners in 2021, Robert Quinn and Tayshawn Gibson, and last year, Cole Komet. They are joined now, David, by Eddie Jackson, who uh, is at the end of his seventh season here in Chicago. And, you know, I got to know Eddie really well his rookie year after that game against the Panthers at Soldier Field, where he had the two long defensive touchdowns if you recall that that was a game that john fox took great pride in because i don't think the bears completed more than six passes in that game and they won going away because their defense scored twice and uh eddie has consistently in my mind been uh, not only willing um but engaged when you when you talk to him uh very easy to ask Difficult questions, too, about the state of the team. Also very easy to have small talk with when you're in the middle of a 10-loss season and you're in an open locker room where the, the vibes aren't great and you're just kind of looking to to, to to do that a little bit, to, to build relationships. And so um, the finalists this year, David, were, were Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, and Cole Komet. Any three of those guys could have won, and I would have I would have given thumbs up. It would have been terrific, you know. Um, and then there were uh, a handful of other uh, players, including Jaquan Brisker, including Tevin Jenkins, including DJ Moore, who you know very well, uh, that also received multiple nominations. And so um, for me, before we get into the Eddie stuff, I think it's significant that this locker room has had uh, such a, a good core and a good group of guys that, that,
0: that really uh, are, are solid. And you understand why the coaches and the front office are excited. Well, that was my initial response to all the different candidates that you could have. And you could justify uh, a lot of guys, a handful of guys. And we both have been around teams where that just wasn't the case for whatever reason, the relationship between, you know, the the media and and a team that's struggling during a difficult year, during a difficult stretch uh, can be combative, can be contentious. And it doesn't always have to be. I think what the bears have done a nice job of, and this is, a credit to Ryan Poles and, and the, the culture that Matt Eberflew speaks of very glowingly. They have gotten guys in that, that locker room that have pretty good football character. And they uh, can deal with adversity. They also are very professional for the most part. And, yeah. you know, DJ Moore is, is a consummate pro. I told that, you know, about his weekly uh, punctuality, which is impressive in, right. in its own. You know, Eddie Jackson is somebody who's been here a long time. And, and if he hasn't been... Rewarded for uh, anything except for maybe just that longevity and his ability to persevere through what's a, you know can be a pretty difficult market if you aren't playing well. And he's not been on a lot of winning teams. Then good for Eddie Jackson. He has been somebody that has returned this year, stayed healthy, and um, been part of a defense that is is the best part about this Bear season.
1: I think I shared this story last year when we were uh, talking a lot about. Jalen Johnson and his his kind of engagement with the media and there was like I can't remember what the the crux of the story was a year ago where we were trying to to kind of. work through uh, it wasn't even conflict but there was some some things that jalen was saying that were being misinterpreted and i tried to come on and say look like this is just a guy speaking from the heart and if you're there every day you know what he's saying and and I, i i told a story from 2019 after the bears lost in philadelphia and it was one of those losses that was just a a gut punch during a season that had such grand hopes and was going downhill and i remember going to eddie's locker that day in the visiting locker room in philly and him being in a really ornery mood, and and kind of snapping at me, and me kind of snapping back and being like, "Man, look, like this is post game. This is part of the job." And him kind of snapping back at me and being like, "Look, I have given you a lot <laughs> over my first three seasons in the league. Give me this one, you know." And, and I remember working through that in the tension of the moment and thinking, "Yeah, you have earned this one." You know, you have. And, and and that's the the benefit of being around a team for a long time is you can have those back and forth as a reporter. You can have those relationships as a player where um, it can get tense and and angry and contentious at times. But if there's a the mutual respect back and forth, it all works itself out, you know. And and so I've always appreciated about Eddie because that really was the only time in my time Man. dealing with him that he was ever like that. And so when you wow. build up that equity, when you build up that, uh, you know, Credibility and 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 willingness to talk, you, you have set yourself up to be someone that that is looked upon fondly by by the people that cover you.
0: And before we get to what he had to say in accepting this award, I, I think you're right, and I think what this also I'll just add this: the growth that he has experienced in Chicago. He's had adversity with injuries. He's had setbacks with his play on the field. He's not always a guy you look at and say, well, you know what? That's the way you do it. You know, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. But I also think this, when you talk about this specific uh, role in a professional athlete's job, you're not always going to feel like a willing participant in the conversation, as you just point out in that example. Eddie Jackson's come a long way in that regard. I think it was 2019, might have been 18, but he was a regular on the Mully and Haw show. He was okay. a regular eight o'clock um, staple for us Mondays after bears games. And I'll just say that as much as I talk about DJ Moore's punctuality, we, <laughs> weren't, we weren't necessarily talking about Eddie Jackson's punctuality or professionalism <laughs> that year. I, mean, I, I, I don't think yep. I need to say any more, but he, he has come a long way. And I think it's great to see because your relationship with him, other people's relationships with him, the way he view, views his role, As maybe now the elder statesman of a team, a defense, he takes it seriously. He is a consummate pro. And this is a nice reward. For well, I,
1: I tell that story about 2019 only to kind of circle it back to a couple of weeks ago. And you heard me describe the vibe in the Cleveland locker yeah. room and how crushed those guys were. And, and Eddie actually asked for, you know, 90 seconds to, to, to gather himself as he was slumped back in his locker stall. And we gave it to him and then he cut open a vein for four or five minutes and told us about the afternoon, told us about the things that went wrong, told us about the, uh, you know, the, the emotion and, and why guys were feeling like that in the locker room. And so uh, it was telling and it was a, a, a really uh, you know, significant moment in the course of the season. I will say this, uh, Cole Komet and Jaquan Brisker have been consistently reliable at talking after losses. And that's one thing that those of us in our profession truly respect and appreciate is those guys that uh, no matter how bad you get beat, the understanding of, you know, I'm going to stand up and, and answer whatever questions come my way. And I'm going to handle this part of the job with grace and dignity. Those two guys deserve a lot of credit for that part of the the job as well and so um you know i guess that leads us into uh, to to some of the the things we talked to eddie jackson about on thursday um again i i mentioned the fact that jeff dickerson's parents uh george and sandy have been in attendance the last two years it it brings emotion into the room david that um you're not quite prepared for because I, i know for me personally i still haven't fully process the idea that Jeff is gone. You, know, you just expect to see him there one day and be like, oh, hey, JD, how, how have you been? And it's not happening. And Eddie's one of the guys that's been around long enough to have known Jeff. And so uh, we'll start out with kind of the exchange of, of Eddie um, accepting his award on Thursday and then a couple of the, the, the questions that went back and forth as he explained kind of his approach with media.
2: I'd like to thank everyone in here. Um, you know, also Jeff, you know, the times I met him, you know, nice, humble guy. Um, always ask the right positive questions. Um, so, you know, us as players, you know, we always thankful for that, as most of you guys in here do, but not everyone. Um, to his family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to say thank you guys for being here. Uh, it means a lot. Um, like I said, the times I met your son, it was always a great conversation. Um, very humble, nice, respectful guy. And, um, you know, you guys did a fine job of raising him. So I'm, I'm honored to, you know, accept this award. Um, after that, I guess, what questions, Tom?
1: You've obviously seen a lot over seven seasons in this building. I'm curious, as a young player, kind of how you yeah. learned to handle this market, this spotlight, and just kind of
2: learn how to be a resource to to us as reporters? Uh, Man, just from older guys, um, just seeing how they went by it. you know, Khalil Mack, you know, is one of my, you know, staples in that when it comes to things like that. Just how he handled everything just in a professional manner um, and just the media, you know, you, you know, just try to help you guys make your job easier. You know, I, as players, we understand you guys all have jobs to do. So if we can help that, you know, and keep it in a respectable manner, you know, we, I'm, we're here for it. So that's that's kind of how that that went about. Eddie, why do you take seriously the responsibility to be someone who talks when not
1: Every player of your caliber is willing to do that. Uh, What is the responsibility
2: you feel within the locker room to be someone who's going to answer the tough questions? Um, I feel like it's needed, especially when you got the younger guys and guys in the locker room look at you as a leader. You know, um, I feel like your response is held to a higher standard than someone else's. So I feel like it's always, um, you know, meant for me to speak, you know, whether it's me, Tremaine or a guy like that. You know, we can go out there after a tough loss. You know, even when we don't want to speak, you know, we still feel like yo, like you know, you have to say something. Like I said, everyone has a job to do, and it's it's for us to make you guys' job easier. You know, answer those tough questions, um, and I just you know tip my hat off because a lot of teams, you know, they media is kind of different than ours. Like everyone here is, keeps respectful, and I feel like that is that huge. That is huge for us. You know, as players, like we really appreciate that. Because, um, you know, guys can twist up stories and make what type of headlines. But you guys, you know, you, get, you keep it straight on and respectful. But, you know, it's on us, you know, to stand up and hold ourselves accountable without a win or a loss. Um, just like in a meeting room, you know, if you give up play, you know, it's for you to stand up and, you know, admit to that mistake and go on and try to correct David, gonna it. David, I'm going to go ahead
1: and, and screen grab that, that quote about the Chicago media and put it on Twitter so the world that, that – uh, <laughs> They need to know that that, that the players are, are appreciative of how respectful and, and straightforward
0: we are. You do appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, he understands the job sometimes can be twisted. He understands the role that we both play. And there's a yeah, that, that's kind of uh, unexpected praise or unexpected objectivity, I think, from a player who has been you know, he, he received a share of criticism over the years. And I think that's really interesting to see. You know, Dan, though, when when you hear him talk, and this will segue into our, our next comment from Eddie, I think when you hear that maturity level and that respect level, and I think that stability that it, that his voice does provide, whether it's, you know, into a microphone or maybe, you know, in, in the secondary, you know, settling people down, getting people lined up, on, this, on the sidelines, you know, we heard a lot from John Hoke, and he's, he's big on, you know, having guys who have this emotional maturity. How does that factor in? How will that play a role in a guy who is uh, a veteran – coming off a season that maybe he thinks has been good, but maybe he could, thinks could be better. He's going to have a high number next year salary-wise, $14 million. How does that all go into the the equation when evaluating what Eddie future Eddie Jackson's yeah, future holds? There's
1: no question. I thought Brad Biggs had some good insight in his 10 thoughts piece coming out of the uh, game over the weekend against the Cardinals about the uncertain future for Eddie Jackson. You mentioned it. His base salary for 2024 is $14 million plus. His cap hit number is north of $18 million. And so – He's not a good enough player at this stage of his career to justify holding that amount of, of salary cap space there. And so Ryan Poles is going to have to make some business decisions. He's going to have to figure out how valuable is Eddie to this locker room? How much does his presence mean? We've talked a lot about the the Tez factor and the Montez Sweat uh, element to the, the defensive resurgence. Well, that coincided with Eddie Jackson also coming back from injury that he suffered earlier in the season. and So I think there are defensive coaches in that building that who clearly believe that Montez Sweat was a catalyst of what's happened for this defense, who also believe that Eddie hey, Jackson's communication on the back end and his presence back there has been stabilizing at the same time. And so you have to figure out what that's worth. Uh, Eddie is certainly made it clear that that like, you know, he would love to stay here. Um, he also understands the business. So we'll see where this goes. But I think Brad uh, in his piece was was interested in learning if if the front office came to you and said, hey, we'd like to keep you here, but we're not going to keep you here at your current contract number. How would you respond to that? And Eddie has seemed receptive to that. I asked him on Thursday afternoon if he's done any reflecting on the idea that he could walk into Soldier Field on Sunday against the Falcons and walk out never to put the Bears uniform on again inside uh, Soldier Field in that
2: home stadium. Here was what Eddie had to say about that. Really, I know guys keep asking me that. It's like, I'm living in the moment, man. Like, I'm I'm appreciating the guys and just being around, like, Tremaine, those guys, TJ, D-Walk, like, all the new guys, a new face on the team and just the relationship we built within a year, man. It's like, it's crazy. Um, So, I haven't really thought about it. Um, You know, Lord willing, I hope I'm here uh, next year, but Like I said, man, God always has a plan. So I feel like I always land on my feet. Um, I hope it's here. You know, I know how it works in the business. I wish I could be here my whole entire career, but we know how this thing works. But it's just you got to live in a moment. You know, you got two more games guaranteed. Like I said last time, like I'm guaranteed two more games as a Chicago Bear. So I'm going to live in that moment. I'm going to appreciate every moment of it.
0: That's pretty good stuff. Eddie Jackson is 30 years old. Safeties play a long time in the National Football League. If this Bears defense is as special as they think it can be, I think that is in his favor. You probably don't want to replace somebody who has such an intangible role. I mean, you can look at Brisker. You can look at the other guys who make a lot of the bigger plays right now. Eddie Jackson did have, you know, interception back to the one-yard line, and that was really cool. But it was, you know, he hasn't had the takeaways that he had earlier in his career but I do think there's value in what he brings and that'll be that'll be one of the biggest offseason storylines as far as the defense is concerned.
1: Right. And look, there's a lot that's gonna go into this offseason. You know, I think <laughs> we're about to turn the page on two thousand twenty three and we're gonna look back Kind of dizzied by all that happened and how eventful it was from you know New Year's Day to New Year's Eve for this team and then we're going to look ahead to 2024 and go it could be twice as eventful and twice as significant in 2024 and so this period of of Bears history is really setting up to to be something we don't know what it's going to turn out to be but we know it's going to be something and so I think that all these little decisions add up to big decisions um, and we, we spend so much of our attention on the quarterback and the head coach that you lose sight of some of these other uh little things Things that, that Ryan Poles and his staff are going to have to get their arms around as they put their entire puzzle together.